Welcome to Marketing Blabs. This podcast is brought to you by Marketing Labs, an expert digital marketing agency based in Nottinghamshire. If you're a business owner or marketing professional looking for straightforward non-salesy tips and advice to help grow your business online, then this is the podcast for you. Strap in because we're about to reveal the things that other agencies would rather you didn't know. Welcome back to another episode of Marketing Blabs. Today, we're diving into the world of programmatic advertising, particularly focusing on its implementation within Google Ads. If you've ever been curious about the automated real-time auction system behind those digital ads, then you're in for a treat. We're going to unravel the intricacies of this dynamic advertising landscape together. And by together, joining me on today's Blab, from the ML team is Matt Janaway, founder and CEO of Marketing Labs. Hi Tom, you alright? Mm. Good. How are you? Yeah, I'm okay, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> you got some new golf clubs yesterday. I did. And I'm jealous. <laughs> I know. So I'm not going to talk to you nicely on this podcast. That's fine. But I did want to give Nick a special intro because he beat me at golf yesterday yeah he did are you feeling proud of your achievement it's quite easy isn't it so now oh <laughs> how many points by two anyway we're digressing and we're here to talk about programmatic advertising do you guys want to give a, a, a definition of what the, what that actually is like how how does it differ from traditional models of advertising and obviously by programmatic we mean automated right so can you put this into context I think you should for us, Tom. I have no idea what it is. <laughs> I'll be completely honest and tell our listeners that I have no clue. Okay, well, I'll, I'll tell you then. Thank you. Yeah, so so automation essentially means it's connecting various different parts of the supply chain from your ability to serve an ad right the way through to placing it against a customer who matches your target audience on the screen that they're looking at for the website or environment that they're looking in. And there's historically, there's quite a few sequences that need to occur in order to deliver that. There's lots of different ways of buying that historically, especially through display that's not kind of automated and, and is quite manual and takes a lot of time to achieve that and it's less precise. But essentially, uh, programmatic means you have, have the capacity to serve that in an automated fashion for the target audience that you're looking to serve an ad for. Right, okay. And most people might not realise this, but if they're running ads, especially in Google Ads, there's there are quite a few elements of programmatic decision-making that happen on everyone's account. So if you go back years and years, you would mostly control your bids manually. But then Google introduced enhanced CPC, which gave some automation to how much that cost per click would be based on programmatic decisions. Mm. So, for example, if if the bid you were almost there, you're sort of giving Google a little bit of freedom to automate a little bit of extra spend on the bid. Are you not losing quite a lot of control over it, though? Yeah. Yeah. So we can come on to that a little bit later on in, in terms of we, we, we want to talk about the kind of concerns that challenges might, exactly the kind of challenges it can it can bring. But most there's a lot of automation in most Google Ads accounts. And also a lot of that automation is controlled by machine learning and mm -hmm. AI, yeah. which 
comes on to another concern about whether you actually have access to data to make the decisions on that data or whether it's data that isn't actually available and readily available for you to consume if you like but most you know facebook use it to a certain degree there's a lot of automation inside there and it's hidden in the platform taking ownership of a little bit of decision making Mm. which benefits them doesn't it of course because if they you know google have control over every account type to a certain degree for every product range uh, or every niche or every service if there's five people competing for example on digital marketing services in our area in an ad google's got control over all five so if you allow even an element of automation on all five accounts they've got levers that they can increase and decrease based on their automations and and yes you have ever so slightly less control in that but on the opposite side there's also some advantages yeah i was gonna say from what i gather of this system i don't know about programmatic advertising i have a very little understanding of google ads as a whole but the main benefit i'm guessing is that it will save the person advertising save them time but are there any other advantages of of that yeah so it it depends on what platform and what provider you're you're purchasing that through as well Mm -hmm. so you know matt was just mentioning their kind of uh, google and facebook who Mm -hmm. have different kind of systems and within their own ecosystem you can also extend it across the whole internet as well so there'll be a variety of different partners that you could partner with in order to serve ads and display ads or video ads to your audience depending on where they exist and what they're looking at and what websites they visit and how frequently they visit them so within google's ecosystem and within facebook's ecosystem you can you can target them that way but also you can open up your network or you can open up to the wider network uh, via different platforms as well programmatically so so you can so essentially what it does and the benefits of doing this are that you can more precisely target your target audience so you can define them quite quite well in Mm. theory come on to some of the pros and cons about that later but you can define your audience pretty well and then you can have a quite a tight view of how you target that audience across a variety of different platforms that they might exist so you you, in theory you might have the same audience on Facebook as you do on Google as you do across online video for example Mm. and you can target them with either the same message in different formats or different messages in different formats depending on how you want to deliver that and what your uh, message execution is as well there are lots of benefits to targeting your customers in different ways across the, the, the sites that they visit. And you can either have kind of a sequential targeting and messaging. So you could target them with a sequence of messaging. So it might be top of funnel, middle funnel, lower funnel, and, and obviously hope, hopefully they convert. It might be a different range of products that you might offer or services that you might offer. Or it might just be the same message that you want to get in front of them with a high frequency and a high reach against your your target audience. So there's a variety of different ways of of doing that. Uh, That'll largely come down to your strategy and how you approach that. But the execution can be quite varied depending on what your strategy is. Interesting. And does is the automation applied to things like budget allocations as well? Is it to to a degree, yeah. So so if you're just taking Google as an example, you could just give Google a budget and say, mm-hmm. I want to reach this audience, however yeah. I'm defining it, across these ad types and these asset types, and it will spend your budget, how, you know, depending on how much you give them. It will spend it in a way that it, it believes is most effective in terms of reach and whatever goals you've set up for that uh, campaign. And you can you can edit these goals and it'll use different automations. So for example, you might one campaign might have a goal for a certain target of return on advertising spend. So you might set that to three hundred percent, for example. But you might have another 
campaign with a separate goal for uh, maximized conversions, for example. So what you're doing is you're buying customers instead of trying to achieve a specific return on advertising spend. Another one might be about gaining traffic, maximizing traffic instead of maximizing customers. And all of those are automations, really, because you're handing, you're automatically, if you like, handling some of those decisions over to Google's machine learning, mm. using Google as the example. Um, but most platforms have, have similar things. Okay, maybe not as sophisticated as Google's. Google probably has more data than any other tech platform that has advertising, I would say. And they also... I think, lean on machine learning heavier than others. But clearly as well, it's a direction that Google are heading in. It's, it's only going to get more, I, I guess, manual control over these things is, is, is going to become a thing of the past bit, bit by bit over the next few years. Would you say that this type of advertising, programmatic advertising, is beneficial to startup businesses who need Google's, let's say, automations to take over and, and help them or is it more of a specialist subject in some ways in some ways it's it, it's there are pros and cons to this mm. so certainly one of the cons is you need data yeah for things to figure I, I, the machine learning you've got to feed it yeah you've got to feed it with data now if you've got low budgets the chances of getting the data for it to make great decisions is slim so that's certainly one of the one of the cons but at the same point, some of the advantages, so Google Google has so much data. We're using Google here quite heavily, but I think it's probably a good example. Google has a huge amount of user behavior data, so it knows when somebody is at the bottom of the funnel ready to convert compared to somebody who's maybe in their research phase. So aligning keyword data along with Google's user behavior data from they use machine learning to, to make decisions on can be a winning formula it's just the data has to be readily available it's difficult to get that with low budgets mm. yeah makes sense the other issue i think with people who are starting out is that they don't necessarily know typically who they're targeting or yeah. who they need to target they might have a view of who their target audience is but it's not necessarily who they need to target no. in terms of performance or yeah. generating revenue actually getting those conversions and tail yeah. wagging the dog again isn't it a little bit like we, we when when anybody starts a business they should have an idea of who their customer is but it doesn't necessarily mean that's correct in fact yeah. to be honest more often than not it's incorrect mm. and over time the more data that you can gather on that if you if you learn from that data and you hone who your actual customer is you know you you can benefit from that but you see a lot of this does it automatically yeah so it tries to target your ideal customer instead of you trying to define it interesting talk to me about best practices then are there any tips for for businesses and and uh, digital marketers out there who want to leverage this advertising effectively yeah so so again it, it, it will depend on your strategy and your objectives and also how and who you're looking to target and, and what um, format types you are but essentially a lot of this a lot of the success of this activity will come down to how well you define your target audience yeah and the volume and quality of data that, that you can kind of access them via so uh, as an example google and facebook's ecosystem are are, are relatively uh, well resourced and and huge scale uh, so buying audiences across their platforms is is, is quite easy and you have uh, access to certain targeting methodologies and and definitions in terms of how you want to build your audience up and the profiles that they look like and the attributes that you can assign to them. So you can get a fairly detailed view of that audience. 
if you're looking to do online video, for example, or looking to across the network of other websites that you might want to, to advertise across, you may need a partner in order to find your audiences more successfully. So the, the biggest issue with audience definition, by the way, is um, it, traditionally it used to work across third-party cookies, which are almost non-existent now. Um, especially across Apple devices and a lot of browsers. So Safari, uh, Firefox, and pretty much all browsers apart from Chrome don't really allow third-party cookies anymore. And historically, that's how the entire industry works. So there's been a big shift over time, and especially more recently, to how they target um, customers and audiences. So you might need to partner with somebody like LiveRamp, as an example, who can have a better methodology and authentication process in order to identify who is actually your person yeah. based on first-party cookies and who's authenticated themselves on one of their partners. So it might be that they get uh, data from Facebook, for example, or whoever, Amazon maybe. So they'll be able to match a, an actual email address or first-party data with a first-party cookie and therefore allow you to target them that way. So that that can be crucial in terms of the success of programmatic across the wider internet, you know, identifying your audience and making sure that you've got a good view of who they are and what and what they're interested in can be crucial. Whereas actually across Google's network and Fa Facebook's network and maybe Amazon's network as well, they'll typically have that data and they'll know who their audience is because they'll be logged in, for example. So um, that's not so much of an issue um, across some of it. So all of that will feed into your strategy. How you kind of achieve something based on your objectives will need to kind of factor that in. Mm. And those objectives, again, this the, that's really important because if you don't define those objectives, you can't feed the correct output, if you like, which all of a sudden means that actually the performance probably won't be there. So earlier on, we were talking about just, just a few examples of how Google would, I guess, determine uh, how it would automate certain decisions would be based on campaign objectives. So your campaign objectives, if you wanted to buy in more customers because you knew you had long and high-valued lifetime value from a customer, you're actually less worried about that, the cost of that first order because you might get two, three, four, five more orders. Whereas if if your customers only order once and they mostly never come back, then your objectives are going to be slightly different. So you might actually, at that point, be wanting to target a particular minimum return on advertising spend. So again, these objectives are, are really important. So that for sure is a be best practice you need to understand what you want out of this in order to make it achievable i think something else i'll throw in there as well is to monitor absolutely everything you can so when machine learning makes a lot of decisions generally you don't get to see what those decisions are or a lot of the insights from that but what that means is you should try really hard to monitor everything you can have access to because if you if you only have access to a limited amount of insights and data, you really need to know what they are. Otherwise, yeah. you're going to struggle to make decisions. So monitoring everything is is really, really important. Also, another thing is when, again, I'm talking specifically here Google, but again, other platforms do do this to a certain degree. Google have a lot of networks that they can advertise on. So that you've got YouTube, for example, you've got search, you've got their display networks which is websites that allow advertising on behalf of Google partners. So you've got a lot of mediums where you, your adverts can show. By default, if what you're doing is, if, if your objective is to get more eyeballs on your advert, they'll generally use those networks. 
But that doesn't necessarily mean that it's right for performance if your objective, for example, is to try to find people at the bottom of the funnel mm. who are ready to convert because a display ad is is not that. It's more about awareness. So again, objectives. It com comes back to what those objectives are. But good practice would be to monitor what those networks are because if those networks don't match your objectives, you need to be making sure that you're not advertising on those networks. Interesting. Some good insights there. What what about the challenges and concerns then of the, of the platform? I know we briefly touched on this earlier in the conversation, but just want to address some maybe common criticisms of the the platform or the advertising for programmatic programmatic programmatic. Are there any concerns or challenges that you find? Yeah, the big one's data, really, and we, we yeah. kind of touched on it a second ago in how it used to work with the tracking of cookies and Tra tracking like of cookies. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know. That's fundamentally changed since GDPR and intelligent tracking prevention from Apple. Mm. So the vast majority of that data is no longer available for most most people. And if it is available, it, you know you may mainly only have access to it for twenty four hours. So how how you kind of target customers changes. You know, for like I mentioned, for Google and Facebook, they have regular people that will log in pretty much on a daily basis or remain logged in permanently or persistently. So it's not so much of an issue for them, but what they do on your website, assuming it's web-based, may or may not be allowed to be collected in terms of the data. So GDPR, obviously, if you don't have your cookie consent policy set up correctly, you may your 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 tags may not fire. Therefore, Google may not be able to collect data in the way it needs to. Yeah. Um, the same for Facebook. So data really is fundamental to the system working. Um, so do all that you can and make sure you have everything set up legally obviously to protect yourself but and also your customers but make sure that obviously when they do accept then and they do consent that allows you then to track them um, ethically and, and correctly and they allow you to say and suggest that, uh, what data you're taking from them and how that's being used and what systems that's being passed into and that then allows um, all of these partners that you're choosing to advertise with the correct consent in order to um, use their data correctly and, and that ultimately will benefit you because the quality of data will be much higher than than if you don't have that. Um, so obviously a lot of those uh, systems now are fundamentally required to work based on acceptance because uh, GDPR dictates that and um, you know that's a big part of whether it's going to be successful or not and will certainly be uh, more so the case in you know the next year or two. Interesting. And that's what that's just just to touch on that. If somebody declines your cookie policy, mm. if your pop up says please accept cookies and someone hits no, that's it. You 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 can't track their data, and machine learning can't use their data to make decisions. But likewise, even if somebody doesn't click decline, you shouldn't be tracking them until they click accept. Click accept so yeah. again, you you don't have their data to learn from. So actually, as, as Nick said there perfectly. The more data you can gather and input into a system, the better decisions it can make. So, so yeah, that's 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 a real concern. Something else that uh, more of a psychological concern here, but you've got to put a lot of trust into the hands of these tech giants that you're advertising with. Your not only your data, but also that they're making decisions that are that are beneficial for you. You know, a lot of the they are hit and miss sometimes these machine learning campaigns and these automated campaigns sometimes they can work incredibly well like really really well and then other times less so and it is mostly because they don't have access to enough data but also sometimes humans can make better decisions we know this it's just humans 
can't process the amount of data that a, that a computer can, mm. but also it doesn't have access to the data that a computer has access to. So you, I would still argue humans can make better decisions, but they can't make them in the same time frame and they don't have access to the data to to make those decisions. So you're handing a lot of you're handing your car keys over to Google basically. But the problem is if everybody else is handing their car keys to Google, Google's in charge of the race. So you there's a there's a trust element there for me. Well, this is a, a big thing. I've just done a quick quick search and obviously looked for some general average consent rates for cookie policies and just quickly just the top Google search comes in the average consent rate is 31%. That in itself is quite low isn't it pretty really? low that like, yeah so that yeah. makes it challenging in itself doesn't it it does we we were nick's been working on this recently actually and we were looking at some i think we're seeing about 70 75 percent yeah to be honest I've, I've not seen it as low as 30 percent, but obviously that will take into a huge a huge spectrum of different websites and whether mm. they're trustworthy or not yeah uh, i think it's quite broad it was just a very quick mm. search yeah yeah but it does show you the issue yeah, yeah. like e- even if you were to just be quite broad and say mm. okay well it's between 30 and 80 yeah yeah like even 80 percent at the highest level yeah you're missing out you're still on missing a fifth, out on quite a lot aren't a you? fifth of all your data yeah now if you're relying on machine learning mm. to make to automate making decisions based on that well they're missing out on important data definitely so that is a risk that you know that is a concern and throwing all your trust in google when they've not only got your car keys but the car keys of your competitors if they just drove five mile an hour faster if everybody drove five mile an hour faster you you're you're not doing any any better but it's costing you more in the race that is so you're not winning the race Everybody's driving 5% faster, 5 mile an hour faster, but you're still not winning the race. You've got to get to 6 or 7%, but then if they go to 6 or 7%, you've got to go to 8 or 9. The problem is if they're in control of all the cars, for me, that's problematic. Yeah. So there's definitely a trust issue there. That's one of, for me, I know it's a psychological one, but for me, that's probably the biggest challenge. The, and this is going to, things are going to become more and more automated as time goes by and manual intervention will become more difficult so i mean i think that leads on quite nicely to like the next talking point really which is like the future of programmatic advertising so with the evolution of ai and machine learning where do we think that all this is going to head where's it headed with it's definitely going to continue it'll it'll keep going and, and manual intervention will become less and less for that's for certain I agree with what Nick was saying earlier in terms of user behavior. Mm. So the more you can understand your users, the more you can control your own data, the more you can understand who your customers are and what your objectives are, that's going to have a big impact on on performance. But it's for me, it's absolutely heading in that direction. At some point soon, I mean, Google not too long ago, they changed their keyword match types. They loosened phrase match so what that means is phrase match historically that google would try to match the keywords that you're entering pretty closely with what people are searching for so if somebody's searching for something ever so slightly different they might still see the ad well phrase match is getting closer to broad match which means actually if it's loosely connected your ads can still show so that adds another element of of intervention that you need to make but that's going to become more and more challenging and and the more google uses machine learning the more they can implement things like that which takes the control out of your hands to a certain degree i think the big thing for me this is more specific to google but it will impact the industry no doubt 
I think what comes out of this antitrust case in America at the moment will be massive in mm. terms of how not just programmatic but marketing generally speaking will work. And I guess similar to how Microsoft was broken up twenty odd years ago, it, you know, if that if that happens to Google, what's the impact of that? How is it going to work? Are systems fundamentally going to change? Mm. D- does that mean more? automation does it mean less you know how do the systems talk to each other you know that that could have a significant shake-up of of how the industry works and yeah. what that means uh, i guess nobody knows at the moment it would probably be very f- broadly similar to how it works now but just more segmented and siloed and less control from one business which is probably a good thing ultimately but obviously we don't know the ramifications of that in terms of how data is transferred and how you target and uh, how effective it's going to be and uh, you know there's a lot of considerations i suppose that that will come out of that that we won't be aware of at the moment but you know that that could also happen potentially across other massive businesses you know facebook amazon uh, or meta i should say and amazon and others i'm sure might be concerned about that as well so i think it's not necessarily a specific answer for you, but that could have a massive no. impact. You know, next year or the year after, it could be quite a different environment than we're than we're. Um, and it's going to reshape the, it'll the reshape whole landscape. It. Yeah, really. for sure. And uh, Google's an obvious one for for that. In fairness, Facebook's slightly more difficult because there's there's basically two sides to Facebook. If you if you if you forget about the Oculus side because it's it's so tiny in comparison, but Facebook really has two parts, doesn't it? It has advertising and then the actual platform if you like google has many moving parts they've got product they've got android they've got chrome they've got youtube you know they they've got search then then inside search they've got ads they've got google assistant google home all of these different things so there's there's more obvious lines if you like between the services and there's many more services so depending on how that how that case goes it could break up in certain ways who knows what that would be obviously the vast majority of its revenue comes from search ads and that that also dictates how search results look because you know that will we see quite regularly now no organic um search results above the fold for example you Mm. know it's mostly ads yeah that wasn't a thing too long ago but that's the pressure i guess from shareholders to ensure that they continually grow but when you're hitting when you've sort of hit peak audience and peak usage where's that growth going to come from what they've got to do is just control more real estate on the search results so yeah i i agree with nick i think if if that breakup happens who knows like what does that look like nobody really has any idea at the moment do they if it doesn't happen i can only see that divide uh, between organic and, and ads getting more control towards ads because that's the only obvious way Google can grow their ad revenue is by having more real estate or by controlling the race and everybody's cost increases. But at that, you know, at certain points, some advertisers will possibly just say, well, this isn't working for me, so I'll pull out. So that's a very dangerous long term, very, yeah, very risky long term game, even medium term game. Yeah. Short term, fine, you could probably increase your revenues. You do that for long enough, you'll lose advertisers. So, yeah. Tricky one, but I think for certain there's pressures, commercial pressures for that advertising revenue to increase. How they go about that, who knows? I imagine automation and taking control away from advertisers and pushing it towards machine learning will be a part of that. 
it's just an educated guess. It's, it's clear, isn't it? That's what Google wants. Like you look at Pmax at the moment, and, and they're heavily pushing Pmax, just because that gives them control over where to save your assets and who to save your assets mm. to. So you know that, that can go across the entirety of their network, if it thinks the audience matches a person that you should be targeting. And, and yeah. um, like I say, the, I think the only challenge to that will come if if Google does um, face issues with this antitrust yeah. case. It's not, not necessarily a bad thing, by the way. Some mm. Pmax campaigns can work so incredibly well because they have access to data that, that we don't and that nobody does. Like they, they understand to a certain degree at what part of the journey a purchaser is on. If they understand that and nobody else does, you that click is worth more, let's say, yeah. than somebody at the research phase because uh, that's more about awareness of you or your yeah. product or your service. So there are lots of advantages as well. It's just... The risks are also, they're pretty big risks. I guess it's a, a getting a good balance of of everything, really, isn't it? In all mm. of your campaigns, whether that's manual setups to the automated setups and P marks, as long as you're filtering through and getting your campaign set up that works for you, not solely relying on programmatic, for example, which would pose all its risks, and making sure that you've got all your data. So there's lots to consider, really, isn't there? I think the key to all of this, and it, it, this always has been the key, by the way, nothing new here at all. The key to all of this is not to have all your eggs in one basket. Yeah. You know, you you need multiple streams of revenue if you're any business type. If you're relying on one or two streams of revenue, that might go absolutely perfect forever. But at the same point, if something were to happen, you could be in bother. So it's it's about diversifying. Yep. And um, there's a reason the most sustainable businesses diversify their revenue streams. So I think ultimately it comes back to good strategy. Mm. You know, and, and, and Matt said there, you're just not having all your eggs in one basket. You know, making sure that you've got a good view of your strategic thinking and decision making and what that means and the performance and the impact of that over time. And, and making sure that you optimize towards the best performing um, strands of that strategy but also not being afraid to test new things because yeah. uh, it's equally important especially as and when new uh, new platforms come along like tiktok and you know two or three years ago most people probably wouldn't have had a tiktok budget and now lots of people do have a quite hefty tiktok advertising budget so think things change and it's, it's being open to that change and, and understanding where your audience is and how you're targeting them and, and what you need to say to them and and that will that will remain the case i think in marketing for a long time Mm, we say this a lot, but test, test, test. Yep. Like you've got to test things and, and you should see your test spend as part of an investment as opposed to a budget or an overhead mm. because every platform will have a different return on advertising spend, but they all form part of a, a jigsaw that uh, is it's a customer jigsaw, attaining new customers. And the thing is, you've got to match all of that perfectly as nick said it's the strategy if you're missing pieces of the puzzle your performance is going to be lower so even though certain pl platforms might have a lower return on investment or return on advertising spend they're no less important sometimes so you've you've got to diversify and you've got to in your head have a contingency for spend to to at the very least do your very best in areas where you're not currently capitalizing on because the moment you can start doing that, the the more sustainable you are as a business. Awesome. Thank you both for coming on. Welcome. Have you enjoyed talking about it? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> Would you rather be playing golf? Based on yesterday's performance now. <laughs> based on five or six weeks ago, yeah. Awesome. 
And there you have it folks, an expansive look into programmatic advertising within the realm of Google Ads. From its automation wonders to the challenges it poses, it's evident that this programmatic advertising isn't just the future, it's the present. As advertisers and businesses, understanding its nuances can be the key to unlocking the treasure trove of digital marketing opportunities. Remember, in the rapidly changing digital landscape, staying updated is not just beneficial, it's going to be essential for your business. Thank you for joining us today on Marketing Blabs. And until next time, keep experimenting, keep innovating. Goodbye and happy marketing. <laughs>